Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, designed to get us into God's Word for about 13 minutes every day. Short time to be in the Bible, but we're studying God's Word, and that helps us to stay strong and even grow in our faith, because as we keep emphasizing, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. We're thankful that so many people want to listen and get into God's Word, and we're thankful to have the opportunity to do this through the means of podcasting over the internet. Daily Bible study keeps us focused on our relationship with God and helps us to have a more positive spiritual mindset to be able to deal with everything the day throws at us. We encourage you, as we always do, share these studies with everybody you can every day. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. But you know people in your life who need to get into God's Word themselves. They need to start thinking about their relationship with God. Help them to do that by sharing these studies with them every day. Your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can. What a great blessing it would be for somebody to end up in heaven because you got them kind of redirected in their lives by, getting, by sharing these short studies with them and thereby getting them, at least initially, into God's Word. Well, we, we pray that you will be doing that, and we pray for souls. That would also be a great blessing for you. So start sharing today. We're going to begin a new line of thought and study. We're going to be talking about something that I think is very basic to Christianity. When somebody, when you, when you hear people say, well, well, what are you religiously, spiritually? And what's the first response that people will make? They'll say, well, I'm a member of, and then they'll name a denomination, this denomination or that denomination. They may not even say I'm a member. They may just say I'm a, and then the name of that particular denomination. Well, did you know that you can be just a Christian? In fact, just a Christian is exactly what God wants you to be. Not this brand of Christianity or that kind of a Christian. He wants you to be just a Christian. Nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. The idea of being just a Christian is revolutionary as far as the principle is concerned to a great many people. Again, so many people, they'll just respond with the name of a denomination And most of the time, the name of Christ is not even in that name. They're giving their statement of identity to that denomination rather than to their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Have you ever thought about that? Christ did not come into this world to establish denominations or a system of denominationalism. He came to establish his church his church. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, he told Peter and the rest of the apostles, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or the powers of death shall not prevail against it, shall not keep it from happening. He came to establish his church on this earth. But denominationalism means division. You'll never see that word in the entire New Testament in reference to the church. Denominationalism is an invention of mankind to basically, I think we can conclude, suit themselves. 
the basic meaning of the term denominationalism is division. To denominate is to divide something into units. Current currency is a common example. You go to the bank, you cash a check for $500, and you could ask for the funds to be given to you in five $100 bills, or 10 50s, or 25 20s, or 50 10s. It's all money. But our currency is divided into bills of various denominations. And each denomination has a different identity and a different value. The same principle holds true pertaining to denominationalism among churches that claim to be followers of Christ. Each denomination is unique within and to itself. Each one has its own distinct name, teaches its own distinct plan of salvation, and operates under its own distinct doctrinal standards. In other words, each denomination is obviously different from every other denomination. And that, my friend, is the basic understanding and definition of division, pure and simple. Is that what our Lord came to establish on this earth in the form of his church? Obviously not. Our Lord prayed for unity, not division. On the night of his betrayal, Jesus prayed that his followers would be so absolutely united that it would reflect the unity between himself and his Father in heaven. He said, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. John chapter 17 and verses 20 and 21. Now, would you suppose that there was any degree of disunity or division between God the Father and God the Son? Of course not. They were absolutely united, and that was the degree of unity that Jesus prayed for that would be reflected in all of his followers, or as we would use the term today, Christians, within his church, But you see, denominationalism has destroyed that unity. You have all these different brands of Christianity. You have all of these different belief systems, contradictory doctrinal standards and teachings, and contradictory beliefs one from the other. Now, up until this point, Jesus' prayer had been focused on the apostles in John chapter 17, but here... He includes all those who would believe in me through their word. In other words, through the teachings of the apostles. And they would be teaching only God's word in truth and in accuracy. His prayer for them is that they would all be one. Now that's absolute unity. That they would be united. The degree of the unity for which Jesus prayed on this occasion, the night before he would be on the cross, is very significant. He prayed that they they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. And that was an appeal for absolute unity. There is no disharmony. 
not an ounce of disunity or division between God the Father and God the Son. God and Christ are totally, completely, absolutely united in word, in focus, and in purpose. A fundamental goal that Jesus laid out to be achieved by such unity among his followers is that the world may believe that you sent me. If all followers of Christ were as united as that unity for which he prayed, that very unity would be a powerful statement and make a powerful impression on unbelievers to the point that Jesus truly is their Savior. But, sadly, the division of denominationalism has pretty much destroyed that unity. Think about all the people in the world who do not believe in Christianity. Now, in our country, we might say, well, uh, 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 because we don't, we stammer, we stutter, because we're not as familiar with the religious scene throughout much of the rest of the world. But there are billions of people who do not believe in Christ. Billions of people who do not hold to Christianity at all. But if we were to reach out to them, how would we do that in the face of denominationalism and try to get across to them the purity of what Christianity is supposed to be? Because you see, all these different beliefs, all these different doctrinal teachings, all these different plans of salvation that would come at them from the denominational world would leave them in confusion. And it has left them in confusion. And we need to erase that confusion by coming back to the Bible and becoming united in Christ as united in our beliefs and teachings and practices as is Christ and God the Father united. And that's complete unity. The New Testament repeatedly teaches unity for those who would become Christians. The earliest glimpses we have of the New Testament church portrays great unity. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Acts chapter 2 verses 44 through 46. Now we're talking about just a very short time after the church was established on this earth, on Pentecost. We're still in Acts chapter 2, and that's when it came into full force on this earth. And here, look at that degree of unity. They had all things in common. All who believed were together. They were with one accord. My, that's exactly what we need today, absolute, complete unity in belief, in teaching, in practice. We'll dig deeper next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for sending your son to this world to establish your church upon this earth so that through it we can be taught the gospel plan of salvation and we can be 
taught the truth of your word on an extensive basis, and we can understand how to walk before you in faithful dedication in our lifestyle on a daily, ongoing, lifetime basis. Help us to hold to the truth, the simple truth of Christianity as you had the inspired writers write it down for us in your word of the New Testament and help people to see that they can be just a Christian and they can find that simple, straightforward, easy to understand pathway to walk with you throughout this life and all the way to heaven. Please, Father, we pray. Forgive us of our sins. And gracious Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.